Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be covering all things parenthood, business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'll be sharing a mixture of solo mini episodes and interviews with other business and community leaders who also happen to be parents. Season three of the podcast has been sponsored by the Startup Community Empowerment Fund, which is presented by Startup Canada, MasterCard Canada, Sovereign Insurance, and UPS Canada. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review online. It helps other parents find the podcast. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. The first interview series features Jennifer Harper, a mom of two and an award-winning entrepreneur with a vision to be the first Indigenous woman to create a $1 billion beauty brand. She is the founder and CEO of Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics Inc., a digitally native, sustainable cosmetics company known for creating high-quality, cruelty-free beauty products with a mission to empower Indigenous youth through education and representation. She was awarded Chatelaine Woman of the Year in 2019, so Social Enterprise of the Year in Ontario by Startup Canada in 2019 and announced her partnership with Sephora Canada in 2021. Let's get into it. I just want to say thank you so much for making the time. It's back to school week uh, here. Are your kids currently going back to school? So my son is done and my daughter is in grade 11. So very self-sufficient. So a totally different world to all of the moms and dads of the younger folks who back to school is a very big deal, right? Yeah, we haven't started. Well, we've kind of started. We have one in preschool. He's three and another one who's five, who's going to his first school experience. But uh, thank you for joining me. I see over the past 18 months during the pandemic, you've launched your innovation lab and production facility and announced a partnership with Sephora Canada. And I was on your YouTube channel and I saw that you did a, a get ready with Jen video where you talked about how your whole family came down with COVID in May, which was right before you did that big announcement. Just wondering what are some ways that you've been adapting your own workflow throughout this pandemic, both work and home life? Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's like any thoughtfulness to behind it, the madness or what happens. I think it's coping like like everyone else, just trying to cope. And, and I think not focusing too far into the future right now has been really, really helpful. That literally one day at a time strategy, like, okay, what do we need to get done today? What can I get done today? Yeah, it's just, it, it has been super stressful, uh, not gonna lie. And especially I found the beginning of the pandemic really stressful. Um, glad my family was home, glad we were safe. But then the, the work stress, of, I had only left my actual full-time paying job back in August of 2019. So working full-time on Cheekbone Beauty was still relatively new. And it's a big risk when you're an entrepreneur to walk away from a paycheck that's like consistent, right? So that was really scary. And then jumping in and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then being hit, what, six months later, March 2020 with this pandemic and had just begun or tried to launch the the Sustain lipstick was the beginning product of our entire Sustain journey. So right now we just had a conversation with a couple, uh, the last call I was on and what brand during a pandemic eliminates their hero products, like our number one sellers, which was our liquid lipsticks and our brow product and just gets rid of those and decides to go on the sustainable journey. Well, I, and I, I can confidently say a brand that really 
really cares about people and the planet. And that's why we did it. We're like, okay, we know these sell great, but we're not one at all satisfied with the packaging and where it ends up and the raw ingredients. You know, there's so many brands out there that have these sort of blanket statements for marketing purposes, like clean and non-toxic, which is fantastic because I think it is really important that the consumer better understand those terms and what they actually mean. But then there's the environmental impact of a lot of ingredients that people don't understand as well. So you can have a clean product. People can say it's clean. However, it's loaded with products that don't biodegrade. A lot of ingredients, silicone-based, they do not biodegrade. So you're using them, they're going back into the ecosystems and will never disappear. So it's really important that that you understand ingredients, which is really hard for people to do. So we're on this journey to try to explain that. And uh, at the same time, again, feel like everything's crumbling in the background because of still living through this pandemic and trying to raise children. But at the same time, getting to spend a lot more time with my kids actually has been because they're older. My kids aren't the little tiny folks anymore. They're they're much older. Um, and I know they're going to be gone soon. So I really did appreciate the time that I did get to spend with them while working at home. Well, your website is doing a great job of explaining your mission and your vision and your goals and what you're trying to do with with your products and things you don't include. So that to me was very clear. But I did see you post about I think whenever you were moving away from the product line that you mentioned the sustain. And yeah, it just is amazing that you've launched all of these new things. And it's like highs and lows for the last year and a half. Absolutely. And when you first started, you kind of touched on that you said that you started with $500 and you were working full time and you were in a totally different industry. And I saw that you went, you pitched to Dragon's Den a couple times or you applied to Dragon's Den and then third time was a charm and you were asked to be on the Dragon's Den and you did your pitch and you were offered an offer that you decided to decline. But then I saw that you also were offered funding from Raven Indigenous Capital Partners. You've kind of gone from this starting bootstrapping to pitching to investors to securing venture capital money. Can you tell us a bit more about what brought you to where you are today and what kind of kept you going through all of those highs and lows of building a beauty brand and trying to articulate your vision and learning a new industry? Yeah, it's been quite a whirlwind. One, like you said, learning in a a whole new industry. I came into this space really blind and naive, I think, to how competitive the beauty landscape truly is. It is so competitive. There's new brands that launch all the time. And if anyone's on social media, you'll see that there's new brands launching all the time on social media and not necessarily in stores anymore, which really made the playing field a lot more even for a smaller indie brand. However, I think that's proof that it's not that hard to start a beauty brand. So let me explain a little bit about that. There's private white labelers across all industries. The beauty industry is no different, which means there's a lot of manufacturers willing to put product or a formulation in packaging and then reuse it by just throwing people's logos on it. The brand generally has no control over packaging or formulations. And so it's, and uh, in many cases, some of these are done around the world in different places where you may not want to have things made because of, for ethical purposes, as just one explanation as to why not, and not understanding the source, which is really important when it comes to the raw ingredients put into products. So when I figured out that that's possible, I found a manufacturer in the Toronto area early on with that limited $500 budget and was like, okay, here we go, let's get started. 
started. But my whole purpose initially was to prove if the market was wanting or ready for a brand like Cheekbone Beauty, this brand that I envisioned. And that was the test. And But I knew all along, and it was in our business plan, that we were going to recreate packaging and reimagine formulations, really using ingredients that we knew wouldn't last forever in our ecosystems or waterways. And so that was a big part of the vision of the brand and why an investor would even care about our business and what we're doing, because they know the investment world knows how competitive this space is. And if you're just here to be another lipstick brand or beauty brand without an actual purpose, or I think a vision of what innovation looks like for new products, then then it would be pointless or meaningless to them. So that's how we attracted the attention of Raven Capital Partners was our business plan having innovation and research and development is a big part of, of our path. Um, funny thing about Dragon's Den, I didn't, you know, you're really cautious when you're a new business. E- even in the pitch, they they record for an hour and they do it like it's a live taping, but they edit it down to seven minutes. So none of our future plans of the business and the direction, we none of that is even on television. It was just this, like probably the foundation of our brand story, which was great. And, you know, it really did help with business for the next year. And, and it still did as it trickled because uh, thanks to Dragon's Den and then their Canadian Netflix partnership, we were still airing throughout the pandemic, which people would email, oh, I just saw you in Dragon's Den. So it was definitely a great lasting marketing thing. But um, yeah, in the investment world is extremely odd. Like you have no idea that certain de- deals exist. It doesn't have to be like the Dragon's Den where you don't have to give up equity. When we discovered Raven Capital Partners, they came to us with a deal that I it's nothing I'd never heard of in investment before where it's called a convertible debt deal. And they were giving us this $350,000 to go build our sustain line basically and see if we could get that done. Then what they would do is either you pay back that loan or you they invest in you further with equity. And so gratefully, uh, our relationship with them has been a really, really good one. And they continue to be, in, and now they're an equity partner. I'm glad you talked about more in detail about the money and the financing and, and the equity, because when you declined that offer on the Dragon's Den, they wanted 50% of your, your business and you initially wanted to offer 30%. So you do see that a lot where they just want to take so much and you are told that you are still in early stage company by Arlene and Michelle, I think yeah. it was. Which was great advice. Now looking back, they were being legitimately honest and it was the best advice that, uh, at the time that I could have heard for sure not to accept that you're just too early and they were right. Big thanks to Jen for taking part of her day to answer my questions about adapting her workflow during the pandemic, creating a sustainable cosmetics product line, and pitching to raise funds for her business. Stay tuned for the next two episodes where we'll talk about what happened as a result of pitching her business on television, the types of investor relationships she has, her entrepreneurship journey, and how she's practicing the seventh generation principle. Check out Jen and her work at cheekbonebeauty.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. You can access more startup, flexible, and remote work with kids resources on my website, including a regular newsletter at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.